Welcome to Airbus. Welcome to We Make It Fly, the Airbus podcast. I'm Martin Aguera. And I'm Jeff Burridge. And in this series, we're going to bring you the fascinating stories of the people that have played a part in making Airbus the extraordinary company that it is today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. The story of Airbus isn't only about the amazing technology the company produces, but about the amazing people we have in the company as well. We talk about our products as being our family, and our people also are referred to as the family. That's right. And the first thing that I saw when I joined in 2006 was the diversity in this company. The people, they, they come from a very different personal and professional background, and they come from all around the world. I see myself as a part of that. I come from Germany, but uh, I have, a, I would say, a diverse background. My, my mother is German, my father is Spanish, and working in this company uh, since 2006, working with French, Spanish, Germans, British, and, and so many more, is something that um, has enriched my life uh, tremendously. Airbus is often thought about as a European company, but in fact, it goes much beyond Europe. We don't have any borders or boundaries where we are. And it's true that back in 1969, France and Germany were the, one, the ones that kicked it off. But now we're a, we have a global reach. We've got over 130,000 employees. We have engineering centers and final assembly lines all over the world, including China and the US. Yeah, that's right. And we often talk about our four home countries, right? Spain, Germany, the UK, France. But actually, there's so many more nationalities. We've looked it up, and it's more than 130 nationalities uh, that can be found among our workforce, and over 20 languages are used in everyday situations at Airbus. That's fascinating. Anyway, Martin, you've met one of these people that epitomizes what we've just been speaking about. Let's have a listen. I'm here in Ottobrunn, in the south of Munich, uh, which is home to our Airbus Defense and Space Division. And believe it or not, I'm standing right next to a rocket because this is what you will see when you get here. Actually, it's not a real rocket. It's a mock-up of the Ariane 6 launcher, which is being produced by Airbus Defense and Space. Um, I'm here today to talk about that, but I'm also here to talk with a great colleague of ours at Airbus Defense and Space, Sashwath Vumidi Lakshman, who is a colleague working in the HR department, responsible, uh, or actually working in the team for culture change evolution. Hello, Sash. Tell us a bit about where you're actually coming from. Thank you. Yes, it's very exciting to be here. And uh, I come from the southern part of India called Bangalore. Airbus also has a site in India, uh, in Bangalore, by the way. And what brought you to Airbus? So I can go back to 2005. Me and my dad were watching TV at, and we were in a room of, our house was about 30 meters square when we were a family of four. They were showing an aircraft which was taking its maiden flight. 
And the thing on the news was that the aircraft had a wingspan the size of a football field. <laughs> so for me, never being on an aircraft, or never seeing one in real, to imagine the nearest football ground that I had and to imagine the wingspan to be so big was what fascinated me. And we were talking none other than the aircraft A380. Ever since that day, I've been fascinated and passionate about uh, Airbus as a company. So that's what got me here. So in 2005, you found out aerospace, that's your dream, that's your destiny, that's where you wanted to go. How did you actually get to Airbus? I mean, it's a long way from dreaming about the A380 in 2005 and actually getting to Airbus. How did that develop over the years? There is a saying that the destination should should be constant, but the journey can can differ. So for me, it was the same. It was a destination that uh, was constant of Airbus. And the journey that I took went from India to Malaysia, Malaysia to the UK, UK to France, now France to Germany. So I started off uh, wanting to get educated by a British education school, which I was not able to afford. So the cheapest way for me to go study was in Malaysia, which was a school that was affiliated with a school in the UK. So I got a scholarship to study there and on completion of my A-levels I got a scholarship to go to the UK in Coventry and then from there I did a placement here and after I went on to do a master's in France and while doing a master's I had an internship in Toulouse. I was there for about 19 months. Obviously now you have a contract with Airbus and you continued your journey in HR. So what happened after uh, finishing your, your internship in Toulouse? So I was doing a HR in procurement um, and then afterwards I got offered a position in procurement after my internship. So they saw that I was a very much a people's person, a customer focused person. So they offered me a position to be uh, interface between the customers and Airbus. So I had an offer and I met the boss and he wanted me to start straight away after my internship. And I had a contract for 18 months, which I did. It's good to chase after what really means a lot to you. And... Airbus was a, I wouldn't say a dream because I didn't see it in the night. It was something that I saw in the day and I aspired to come here for what it stands. And um, I really wanted to join what, uh, what meant happiness to me. Flash, that's fascinating. We're outside here at the, uh, at the doorstep of the, the headquarters in Munich. Let's go inside. Let's go to a very interesting place uh, at our headquarters, the so-called showroom, because I think there we can follow up a bit more on your on your own story and how it relates to Airbus and we're just going through the doors and then we'll be straight going in towards the showroom which is actually a very nice area where we produce uh, where we hold uh, conferences workshops and it gives us a good glance about the company the division and its products and research and technology Welcome to Airbus. On our tour of the showroom today, you'll be hearing all about Airbus and its history, getting to know about our products and about this site. You'll also find out how What Airbus people can see in here when they come in are all kinds of displays about our research, technology, innovation, also our products, uh, aircraft, um, the famous Mars rover that we produce uh, at Airbus Space. We'll begin at the illuminated wall with the forefathers if you look to the to the left of the showroom there is something very very fascinating um, which is almost like a family tree showing the aircraft from the very early days of aviation until today and it shows the aircraft that Airbus um, has been associated with sash if you look at this 
Um, the question that comes to my mind is, why Airbus? Firstly, looking at this, I'm so blessed. I can see a timeline of aircrafts that started from 1910 to where we are right now. It's absolutely fascinating. I've never seen this before. And to see some of my favorite aircrafts, like the Fokker, like the Spitfire. Um, why Airbus? Uh, let me put the question this way. Why not Airbus? <laughs> For me, I have no answer to why Airbus, because it was something that my dad said to me and I fell in love with this, with the way it was described. And the, the, the more I researched about the company was what made me believe more that I have to be here and I want to be here. Now, looking ahead, what is your objective? What's next for you? getting Airbus to the number one position and also to have this not just a European company but to make this a worldwide company. This is my first thing that's always in my mind when I meet any new person, no matter what the level is. Sesh, you work at HR. Both of us know how important leadership development, keeping talents on board is for a company like Airbus. There's a place right next door here in Munich, the, uh, the Munich Dependance of the Leadership University, where you spend probably a lot of your time. Why don't we go over there quickly and have a look? in the leadership uh, university. It's very different from the setup of the other offices, uh, you know, bookshelves, lots of books, cushions, where people can sit down and chat and talk and discuss. This facility is really meant for exchange, for discussion, discussion with talents, for leadership development, and mostly organized uh, by HR. So Sesh, how much time do you spend actually here at this leadership university? I spend a lot of my time here. Um, knowledge is power, knowledge is empowerment, so <laughs> it's one of the most important places in the building. Um, so we do workshops, we uh, train people, we facilitate things and we also uh, ourselves get trained over here. What's the challenge actually of a company like Airbus to attract talent and more importantly, probably to retain talent and to develop talent. I believe that the first and most important thing we got to recognize is that we have an ocean full of knowledge in this company. And that's the best part about this. Now to bring everybody together, I'll give you a small example. You will never go about breaking things in your house because you belong there. Once you give people a sense of belonging, that they belong to this company, they will start doing and acting the best interest for this company. And also going by the words Airbus's motto, we are one, there cannot be a bigger feeling than this. So as actually, we can see this right here. We've got massive letters in the uh, Leadership University uh, saying uh, what exactly you just mentioned. We are one. That's the spirit of where we are. Um, there are some more values in this company. Uh, we are one certainly is one. Uh, the other one is respect. Um, how important is that for you in your daily uh, job? Values are what shape the company. So I believe that having values and set defined goals to the people to say to them, hey, this is what we do to bring people together. For me, I think growing up in India, we have so many divisions. So we've always been identified by a different sector, a different 
different city, you know, the divisions go on. First it's the, the street and then it's the city and then the city to the state, the state to the religion, the religion to the sect, the sect to whatever. There are so many divisions. And to come to a place like this, having a population of young and old uh, people from different countries, having so many nationalities, people are so open-minded and ready to accept that we are one, is what really motivates me. And I think this is the biggest asset and the value for this company. And what's the product that most inspires you? The product can change, but what doesn't change is what we do here, that's aviation. For me, that's what really uh, touches me, because if you think of an airport, that's the place where we can see the most amount of feelings, happiness, sadness, uh, success, failure, whatever it is, it brings so much emotions, and without emotions, we are not human beings. Human beings are made of emotions. So this is the place where we can see, and for me, I think this is what we're building. If I'd like to call an aircraft, I'd like to call it a heartbeat. It's like every time there's a pulse, you know, it goes all over the body, and it's an aircraft, it flies all over the world. So for me, aviation, something is really fascinating, and I think this is what we're doing here, and this is what makes me come to work every morning. Sash, you're 29 years old, so... Uh, obviously uh, still very young, very young in your career. Where do you want to go? I mean, what is it that you still have in mind uh, for your professional but also personal life in the next couple of years, decades? So every time when I grew up, my dad always took me to an orphanage to celebrate my birthday. So every year I never had a birthday party. We went to an orphanage in India and we used to give food and we donated food for charity. So last year, since I joined the company uh, on a permanent basis, for the first time I donated one month of my salary towards this orphanage. So there were, a kid of, there were about 70 kids and the reason being I've achieved my dream to come here. Now it's time for me to help them back. So I donated one month of my salary. <laughs> So I decided I'm going to do this every year from now on. But the plan for me is for five years to stay in, five, five or more years to stay here and later on to go to Airbus India. And then I want to work a few days with the children and then work a few days over here. So it's for me to give back something to society and also the fact that I had so much difficulty uh, trying to pursue what I wanted to. So I don't want any other child to feel this. So I want to help them as well. So this is my dream. It's very inspiring. Thanks a lot Thank for you. all you do. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, Sash, what a guy. I've met him a couple of times, Martin, as well. And um, it's a great story. I mean, from Bangalore to Bavaria via Coventry, there's not many people can say that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was fascinating to, to interview him. He's a, he's a person who's full of energy. Um, he had a dream and he pursued it you know he went uh, he went at it a thousand miles an hour and you know he's one of those guys that that won't give up until he's achieved what he wants to do and i think this is exactly the kind of spirit that characterizes a lot of people uh, it characterizes it airbus itself you know we we had a dream we wanted to be at the top of this industry and the people that have worked for airbus have made it possible and he's He's one of the newcomers. He's one of the guys that, that really is going to take a company like Airbus into the future. It struck me, Martin, that one of the very first decisions in Airbus was the language. And it was a conscious decision by our French and German predecessors to choose a English as the aviation language. And I think that must have helped us over the years because 
with onboarding in more cultures, more countries, more nationalities from across the globe. And you mentioned over 120, was it, of nationalities now. But now we have a situation where the common language is English. Absolutely. It's the it's the language of our industry. Uh, it's it's the language of the aviators uh, that, that fly all over the world. It unites us. Also, what unites us is, is of course, the passion, the passion for, for flight, uh, passion for space, uh, passion for, yeah, for defense and military. All that comes across in, in, in what we do and how we do it. And we're not just focusing on engineers now. We need skills from so many different roles. The opportunities that you have, I mean, personally, I've been in many different jobs. I've been in engineering and manufacturing and now in communications and that's all with the same company. I haven't had to jump around different companies. So you can choose and change your career path, your mobility. There's great opportunities in a company like us. Yes, definitely. And uh, I, can't, I can't say the same about myself. I mean, you have a very diverse background, Jeff. But um, you also need people like Sash that, that work in fields. And he's an engineer, by the way, himself. Uh, but he deliberately chose not to go into engineering. He wanted to inspire people. He wanted to facilitate change, uh, embrace culture change, and help other people do the same. And if we want to evolve, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to be flexible in our mind. And guys like Sash simply show how it can be done, you know, how you move from, how you change from one situation to the other. And by the way, at the same time, try to make the best out of it. That concludes this episode of We Make It Fly. If you've enjoyed this podcast, like and review us on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media using the hashtag WeMakeItFly. Please get in touch. We want feedback. Good, bad, whatever it may be, tell us what you think. This program was made by Earshot Strategies. The executive producer is Richard Myron and the other production undertaken by Anouk Mie. I'm Jeff Burridge and I was joined by Martin Aguera. Thanks for listening. Thank you.